daddy's loins and my mother's womb and not somebody else in my place. Lord, why of all of my brothers and sisters, and, and this, is, this doesn't apply to everybody, okay? And it doesn't apply to me in this sense, but you'll understand for those of you who may be the only one in your family who's saved. Lord, why am I saved and the rest of my family members aren't saved? You know, what is it? You know, it, it's, it's not like I'm better than them or necessarily worse than them, but what is it? And that's coming into the revelation of why God called you. What God has in store for you. It's not like your, your God doesn't love your brother or your sister or your parents or your children. He's issued a summons to them as well. But they haven't responded to the summons, and you did. And when you respond to the summons, that's when you come into the reason as to why you are here in this earth. We can all go on and, and you know, establish our careers and do things that we desire and, you know, just what we think a life is really all about. We can go ahead and live that, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have hit purpose. The reason you have come forth, because you are special. Everything that the Bible says concerning mankind, if you will, from God's perspective, it pertains to you. So when the writer says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, that's you too. You saw my end from my beginning. You saw me as I was being formed or fashioned in my mother's matrix. You knew all of the things that would happen to me. You know my thoughts are far off. Before my thoughts even get near me, you already know them all too well. You know my ins and outs, my ups and downs. You know everything about me. And you love me. You know every ungodly thought, every ungodly deed, every ungodly action that I have committed in this vessel. And yet you love me. There's others who have done not as bad, and there's others who have done far worse. But you singled me out. Why? Ask yourself. It's not that you're better than the next person or worse than the next person. It's just that you've responded to the call. And the call is not to leave you as you are. The call is to make you into who you were originally intended to be before the foundations of the world. Hallelujah. Our God is big. Our God is awesome. Our God is mighty. Our God is powerful. Our God knows exactly what he's doing. Lord, why did you put me in this body and not in some other body? Why was I born in Chicago, Illinois, and not in, you know, Tennessee, not Tennessee, Tuxedo, but Tennessee is a state, right? Memphis, Tennessee, or some other country, if you will. But I was born in a particular place at a particular time. Lord, why was I born in 1959 and not 2009? I'm here. You're here. And we're not here to be miserable. Not us. The world is in misery. Because they're still under the sway and influence of the one who makes the world. Everybody say makes the world. 
the one who makes the world a wilderness. The one who makes the world chaotic, confusing, destructive. The one that does evil, we're no longer under his influence. He no longer has claim on our lives. He no longer has power over us. We have power now over him. He's not supposed to tread on us. We tread on him. Yeah. So why was I born? And then we just start to come in to the unfolding of the hope, the plan, the purpose of his calling. Let me read this to you again. Your marvelous words are living miracles. That sounds so good. You want to say it with me? I'll read it again. Turn your recorders on in your mind. Your marvelous words are living miracles. Say it with me. Your marvelous words are living miracles. Say it again. Your marvelous words are living miracles. One more time. Your marvelous words are living miracles. Yeah, receive that. Take it in. Don't forget it. Write it down because you'll get in the car. What was that? It was good, but I can't remember in what Psalms was it? Was it Psalms 139 or was it Psalms 119? Was it verse 130, 129, or verse 131? Your marvelous words are living miracles. No wonder, listen to this. This is the, 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 the I'll just say the passion of the psalmist who recorded this particular psalm. No wonder I long to obey everything you say. Because remember, the entrance of that word giveth light. It giveth understanding even unto the simple person. And so as I'm spending time with God, do you know I can be under some of the, uh, uh, when I say it's not like stuff is bad, bad, bad. But I can be, you know, dealing with something and, and, um, and usually it's concerning the church of the living God. Uh, and then when I open up God's word, it brings such comfort. It brings such peace. All hell could be breaking loose and you break out the word of God and just start reading and just start letting the word minister to you. And all of a sudden, it's like it just takes you into God's world, God's realm, God's power, God's might, God's ability. And all of a sudden, the peace of God just starts to take over. And the worries and concerns of this world begin to pass away. I'm trying to help somebody out so you won't be all messed up inside. Because the word will be a comfort. Well, I don't want to read the Bible. Well, okay, then you want to be chaotic and you want to be all messed up and you want to be confused. And you want the outside world to have impact on your life that it's ran by the course and patterns of the world rather than ran by the kingdom and influence of Almighty God. Let the church say, I don't want to be that way. <laughs> okay. Now let's go into, with that in mind, 
break open your word within me until revelation light shines out. With that in mind, those with open hearts are given insight into your plans. With that in mind, I open my mouth and inhale the word of God because I crave the revelation of your commands. It sounds like somebody is just deeply in love with God's debar his spoken written word for us. And if this person can have that type of passion and drive and incentive for the word of God and he's on the other side of the covenant, what do you mean by that? He's operating in the old covenant. Now it was good under the old, but God did a lot of things that we might learn from them. But it's better over in the new. So if he can have that type of passion, which really lets you know it is the word of God that we must keep our attention and focus on and not just what somebody else says because somebody will convince you that everything in the Old Testament is no longer valid and only that which is in the New Testament are the things that are valid. But if you get the spirit of the living God on the inside of you, you'll find out that the New covenant is right there in the old covenant, right there. It's just, it's just hidden, and it needs to be revealed. And the Holy Ghost comes to illuminate, to reveal the things to us, to break down to our level of understanding God's truth based on the authority and power of his word. Because his word settles everything. Hallelujah. He puts his word above his name. His word and his name are just as good as one another, if you will. And God seeks to uphold them both. He will watch over his word as he told Jeremiah. Jeremiah, I watch over my word. I hasten my word to perform it. He's a God of his word. Well, I, you know, I did, and, I, and, and God hasn't done anything. You don't know what God is doing because you can't see him with your natural eye. All you do is feel the effects of what you're dealing with in the normal, in the natural, if you will. That's, take the word of God and just start reading it. Let it reassure your raging nerves. And, 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 and I don't even stutter. So it, the N, 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 N means some, there's some emphasis coming. I'm searching for a word and haven't got there yet. Uh, but the, 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 um, the, the, the doubts, the doubts, the doubts, the doubts, the doubts, the the. I'll just call them flaming missiles of doubts. I, I know the word talks about the flaming missiles and we look at them coming from Satan and rightly so, but those flaming missiles of doubt that create doubt in our minds concerning God's word, that he's really not a God of his word. And, or, you know, it, 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 it just doesn't work for me. It might work for you. This word will work for any, especially the simple. The novice. The person that nobody would pay attention to. The person that everybody would pass over because you don't measure up to a certain standard, if you will. It doesn't matter what your state and condition is. God's word will work in you and through you if you will work his word, and you have to erase all doubts, all fears, all worries, all anxieties, because they create, praise God, they create the bullets of doubt. 
they are like the manufacturing plant for doubt. Okay. You don't have to say amen. Uh, let's go to Philippians chapter 1. I have all of huh, 20, 27 minutes. No, 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 17 minutes, 17 minutes. Philippians chapter 1. You'll look at verse 6, but I'm going to read it to you out of the Passion Translation. And what I've discovered is, is that with some of the verses, like what I'm about to read, it may be in your Bible, verse 5, but I'm actually reading from like a verse 6. I've discovered one of those types of things in comparing the translation with the King James, if you will. But I believe for the most part, everything is just going to line up good. And usually when you have those kind of things, they will always have their reasoning or rationale for or even give an explanation as to why this is part of this verse or the chapter ended here, but it should have ended here, that sort of thing. They usually give you an explanation, but it'll all line up and it'll make sense. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, it says, I pray with great faith for you. Now, this is a responsibility, I believe, of every pastor, every apostle, if you will, especially, you know, those who oversee the flock of God, that in praying for the congregation, that they're praying with great faith. One of the things, and it ain't about me, I'm just going to elaborate a little bit on the scripture itself. One of the things you'll find about Pastor Lucia and myself is, is we want the best for you. We don't want it all the credit and the glory. As a matter of fact, we don't need any credit or any glory because it all really go goes to God. Sometimes it might give that appearance if we're talking about something that we did or something that's happened on our behalf, and that's simply because we're up before you all the time. And we become the main targets of all criticism because you may, you know, hear, sit and listen, and then go home and then have us for lunch or dinner or breakfast or whatever that sort of thing. It's a natural common thing for people. It, there's no excuse for it, but it's just a natural common thing. You know, you, you stand out. Minister Killings, he's, he's, you can't help but love him, but there are people who don't like him and people who will say things behind his back that they probably won't say to his face or some may be bold enough to do that. But, you know, one of the things that we do is people will talk about each other behind the back and things like that. And, you know, that's a regular, secular, worldly bad habit for the people of God. But nevertheless, we will flow in it fluently like a learned language. <laughs> Praise God. That was pretty good. Huh? Yeah. Like a learned language, if you will. We'll, we'll flow in that. And we do more damage than good. We do more damage than good, whether it be ourselves or others, if you will. More damage than good. But I pray with great faith. And, and that's the thing, because it's like you may come with a problem, and this, the, the answer or the solution, well, I, I, that, that's not what I wanted to hear. That's not what I'm looking for, that sort of thing. But the answer is to bring you out of that, not to comfort you while you're in it. I mean, the comfort can come, yes, but the comfort is, is knowing that this too shall pass. You're going to get out of this thing. 
Not that you're going to stay in it and then you want everybody to feel sorry for you while you're in there. It's like, no, we want to give you something that's going to give you, even if we have to be pricks, if you will. Like, you know, uh, when I say pricks, I'm talking about those little thorn-like things on a rose bush, something that pricks you, that irritates you, that agitates you to move on. Amen. Without trying to be demeaning or anything like that or unsympathetic, if you will. But it's like, no, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, let's go. Because at some point in time, I might need your come on. And if all I've been doing is just, you know, injuring you, you, you'd be rejoicing. Ah, get him, Lord. Ha! Get him back for all those times he said that, did that, and everything he said, and, you know. I pray with great faith for you. Always believe in God's best for you. Want to see you prosper. Want to see you get the raise, the bonus, the promotion. Want to see you excel in the things of God. Want to see you blessed and not cursed. Want to see you rising and not going down. Want to see you up. And when you're down, it's like we feel that and just want to bring you up. Well, I just want to be down for it. No, there's nothing there. There's no victory there. There's no healing there. There's nothing but misery there. Come on. You know, come on. Oh, just let me soak in it for a little bit. No, that's going to mess you up. The sooner you get out, the sooner you're going to experience some breakthrough. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. Things may not change around you, but things can change within you. That's what we go for. Hallelujah. That's good. I got 12 minutes left. Pray with great faith for you. We come together every Sunday. Many of us come together every Monday. And many of us come together every Wednesday. And then most of us, we, we come on a Yahweh night, if you will. And that ain't out of just tolerating. That's out of love. Yeah. We believe in the same thing, the same way, going in the same direction, serving the same God. And we want to have momentum, momentum each time we come together. We don't want to be weakened. We want to be strengthened. We want to be edified. We want to understand where we're at and where we're going, if you will. And so it's like, no, we don't wait. we're not wasting time on each other. Trying to build each other up. You think I'm up here, he's just preaching about me. No, I'm preaching to each and every one that is here and wherever these words may go, wherever you go, if you will, to be a blessing. And a blessing is not always necessary, a, 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 a kind and considerate and, you know, compassionate word. Our Lord don't even deal with us like that. He, he brings out the rod every now and then. To get us back on track. Keep us on track, if you will. Tells us what we need to hear. And sometimes we don't like those words, but they may be the necessary words that we need. So I pray with great faith for you because, everybody say because. Because I'm fully convinced that the one who began this glorious work in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing you and will put his finishing touches on it until the unveiling of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because we know what God is able to do with a willing, yielded vessel. Yeah. In uh, days of, you know, the Lord, 
There are not too many people say that anymore. Uh, you know, the Lord called me, but I just ran from the Lord. I just ran from the Lord. And it's like there's no testimony in that. We run to him. We don't let situations or circumstances, uh, when they change adversely in our lives, we don't let that run us away from God. We let, it, we let it cause us to run into his arms because he's going to always be there. He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm not turning my back on you. So I pray with great faith for you because I'm fully convinced that the one who began this glorious work, look at your neighbor and say, Dad's doing a glorious work in my life. If you don't mind, if you don't mind, yeah, Dad's doing a glorious work in your life. Now tell him, Dad's doing a glorious work in your life. Yeah, yeah, hallelujah. My father worketh up to now and I worketh too. Amen. Why? Because he's doing a glorious work on the inside of us and it's going to manifest on the outside. Just go with the flow and go with the plan and the purpose. It's good. It ain't bad. It's good. And this glorious work, he's faithful to complete it even unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So dad is like, I'm going to be working with you. I'm going to be working in you. I'm going to be working on you until Jesus comes back. Yeah. And if he doesn't come back in our time, we'll go on to glory. And he'll still be working in the lives of others that we had impact and influence on that left the legacy of a lifestyle that they could relate to that still equates to this authoritative word of God and not some junk that somebody's feeding them from the mouths of men. I'm trying to stay here because I'm running low on time. So he's faithful. That's verse 6. And I'm going to cut it. Okay. Okay, Sister Finn. Um, so, chapter 2, verse 2. So, out of that verse, I pray with great faith for you. I'm fully convinced the one who began will put his finishing touch on your life. So now he goes on and he's like, so I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity. Everybody say perfect unity. Perfect unity. That we may all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure and stature and the fullness of Christ. That's out of Ephesians chapter 4. Perfect unity. The eyes of the Lord, they run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose hearts are perfect or loyal at peace in harmony with him. That's what matters. Is my heart loyal with him, towards him? When God looks at me, and it's, it's not so much the words that I say, but it's the life that I live. And when I say I, you should put yourself in there because it ain't just about me. I'm just doing what the scripture says, let a man examine himself. So I know I can speak concerning myself, and I know I can speak a little bit about where you're at and all and the things that you deal with from what I know about you. But you 
have the best examination scope, if you will, on yourself other than the Lord Jesus Christ who sees everything, knows everything, hears everything, and everywhere you are, if you will. But in examination, it's like perfect unity. It's my heart perfect towards God. Now, you heard me say time before, February 26, 1984. Anybody know what happened that day? Thank you, Brother Ed. Yeah, I got saved. And I got saved. How do you know you got saved? Because I was weeping and crying. I was crying. I was, yeah, it was a great day. It was a glorious day. I was crying because I felt like I was at home. So you don't need to, I don't need to dive into that. But since that day, that was in 1984, this is now 2020. So that's what, 36 years? Is my heart still, you mean you still, yeah, that's self-examination. Am I right with you, Lord? There are some times when I, after I preach the message, then I go before God and say, Lord, if I said anything that fell short of your glory or wasn't the right thing to say, Lord, forgive me. I learned that from my grandmother. She told me this, and I, I, I got to add this in there because there's certain things that you don't really realize that you realize until you realize it. Okay, just making sure it wasn't something that I didn't realize. It, it ain't what I thought it was. <laughs> um, but... We had Minister Denise and I, we had a tough grandma. Everybody knew her. They labeled her tough grand. She was afraid of no one. And, and so she told me, because she had a, I thought she had a mean streak. <laughs> Most of us thought she had a mean streak in her. We, we wouldn't have called it mean streak, but you know, you understand what I'm saying. She's one of those tough ones. She said to me, she says, you know, it, people like me think what they think about her. She says, but they don't see me when I go into my prayer. She didn't call it prayer closet, but when I go into prayer with the master, she called him the master. They don't see when I go before the master and I ask him for forgiveness. And I'm like, wow, praise God. And so those kind of words are like goals. They stick with you even if you don't fully understand everything or you grow into it and say, I, I, I can bear witness with it. And then it becomes your testimony. But going before the master, Lord, if I said anything that was not of you, forgive me. Because the gospel, I like the way Pastor Ross said it today too, the gospel offends people. So if, if, if you don't want to offend people, then you're not going to preach the gospel. But if you have an understanding that the gospel itself offends people, your safety is in preaching the gospel. That's where your safety lies. Why? Because the Lord is still expecting us to share the gospel or preach the gospel to every creature, if you will. Because that's the only power of salvation to everybody that believes. To the Jews first and then also to the Greek. So the message came to them first and then it came to everybody else. Where did Jesus tell them to start? Start in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then uh, uh, the uttermost parts of the world. And so now the gospel is to everybody. And the only way people will be able to get saved is through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. 
of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone. I just quoted that again. But anyways, it's like it's the only message. So you have to be willing to take the risk of offending people. But that is not your intent. Not everybody's going to get offended, but some people are going to get offended. Why do I say not everybody? Because some people are going to respond to you and say, you know what? Thank you for sharing the truth. I'm ready to repent. I'm ready to pray that sinner's prayer. I'm ready to get my life right. I'm ready to get right with God. But some people are going to be offended and get angry with you or say something about you or talk about your past and you never was this and you never was that and I remember when and dot, dot, dot and all of this other stuff they're going to throw up at you or, you know, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in religion. Okay. The, the truth of the gospel has come to you today and you choose to reject it. And so I pray for your Somebody told me that's what the brother, Minister Posada, uh, Brother Pete, Brother Pete, and Minister Posada went out yesterday evangelizing. Thank God for them. Amen? Thank God for them going out. And so they, they, they came up against a rascal. And so in their witnessing to the rascal, as the rascal was getting to pull off, don't get offended by me calling them a rascal. I'm saying it in, in joking, but there was a serious matter. And so Brother Pete, I, I, I hope I get the exact words right. He says... I don't know, it's like one more word or something like Can I say something to you? How was it, Brother Pete? And then when he was in the car getting ready to go and you stopped him? And wasn't there something you, about you going to pray for him? That was it. I knew my ears were... I, I knew I still had some decent ears. Come on, Brother Pete, help me out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that broke the ice with him. So it's like, okay, but I will, I will pray for you. You, you choose to reject, but I will pray for you. But don't be afraid to offend people. That's not your intent. That's not even your makeup to just go up to people and turn them off. But sometimes you end up doing that, but that's not what you're trying to do. You're simply trying to honor Jesus with your life. You're trying to get somebody else into the kingdom who's destined to go to hell if they don't hear the gospel. And if they're saved, they'll rejoice with you. They won't have no attitude at all. As a matter of fact, they'll be saying, I thank God that you're out here doing this. I need to do this too. Okay, so uh, praise God. Can I read three more scriptures? Okay, for everybody who said yes, all of the people that are upset that you said yes, you got to deal with them. And the ones that say take your time, y'all can dogpile them or whatever. Whatever your anger does, no, I'm just joking. I, I won't read that many more. But so I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity. Now, this is what I wanted to get to, what he describes perfect unity as. With one heart, everybody say one heart. One passion, say one passion. And united in one love. Walk together with one harmonious purpose and you will fill my heart with abounded, un unbounded joy. And so you have perfect unity. One heart, one passion, one love. And that creates one harmonious purpose. 
to bring glory to God. Yeah, see, if we can all get on the same page and be about the same Father's business, if you will, that, that perfect unity. We understand we're not enemies. We don't come to, you know, some spouses, they, they bring it into their marriage where they tolerate each other. That's, everybody say, that's a marriage that they don't want to work on no more. But if you want a marriage that's going to work, you're going to have to work. You're going to have to do something. You're going to have to mow the lawn. You're going to have to weed it out. You're going to have to aerate it. You're going to have to fertilize it. You're going to have to edge it. You're going to have to do things to it if you want it to be plush green. You want it to represent and reflect the kingdom of God and not the ways of the secular world thinking that I can't. There's no way you can have a marriage like that because that's just unreal. This is like, no, this is kingdom. Kingdom is different from the world. You will accept the world's standards and think that that's just the way that life is. But kingdom is something totally different. Okay, I'm going to stop for today. I got through two scriptures. No, three. No, actually is five. So that, that was five. I got 30 more. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> stand to your feet. Always a privilege to break the bread of life. I pray that you got something from it. And it just makes you feel better about who you are in Christ Jesus and thanking God that you're no longer of the world, but you're of the kingdom of God and you're letting the kingdom of God manifest through you for others to see. Yeah. Oh, let the kingdom be a priority. Hallelujah, because you can represent the kingdom anywhere and everywhere you are. You don't have to say, you know, Jesus, you can't come in here. If you're in there, Jesus is in there. Don't come in here with your religion. Okay, I'll just come in here with Jesus. <laughs> We're inseparable. He lives in me. I'm sorry. I transport him all around everywhere I go. His word is alive in me. It's what caused you to hire me and not to hire somebody else. You really mean that? Yeah. Well, I just thought you were a nice person. That character came from Christ. You should have saw the miserable, wretched person I was before I came to Jesus. You wouldn't have gave me the time of day. Okay, let me stop. That's closing conclusion number two. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the word that is full of life, full of power, making an active, operative, energizing, and effective in our lives. We're thinking that your word is not going to return to you void, but it's going to accomplish what you please in our lives, and it's going to prosper in the thing, and we are that thing in our lives that you have sent it to. Your word is not coming back to you empty. Your word is not coming back to you saying, I couldn't do it. Your word is not coming back to you saying, it's impossible. Your word is coming back saying, it is finished. It is done. Hallelujah. And we thank you for the angels of God that encamp about us and watch over us and bear us up, keeping us from dashing our foot against the stone. We thank you that the plague shall not come nigh us. We call out coronavirus and we continue to rebuke it in the United States of America. Father, they're bringing people in who are affected by the virus. It has grown from one to now 15 in our nation. We still come against that thing in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood over the borders of the United States of America. We plead the blood 
blood over the borders of our cities and our counties. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ against every, every, every sickness and disease, every plague that goes through the airways. If it goes airborne, that the word of God will destroy it and annihilate it. If it's in the lives of people, that the word of God will heal and deliver in the name of Jesus, that no one, Lord God, in this congregation gets affected by that. And we rebuke the sickness that has come upon your sons and daughters. And we lift up little Olivia and we rebuke that thing that's trying to operate in her life. The nausea and the throwing up and the fever. We command that body temperature to come back down to normalcy in Jesus' name. We speak life. We speak healing. We speak wholeness to our children. We speak life. We speak healing. We speak wholeness over this congregation that your word shall prosper in the lives of your people. Your word shall prosper in the lives of your people. Your word shall accomplish what you desire in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Father, for the victory. We thank you for the peace. We thank you for the joy. We thank you for the love. We thank you for the grace. We thank you for the mercy. We thank you, Master, for everything you are doing in the earth realm, in our lives personally and corporately as a body. We appreciate you, Lord God. We applaud you. We sing praises and we shout hallelujahs to you because you are great and great to be praised. Now watch over us as we go our separate ways. See us safely to our destinations. In the mighty name of Jesus, cover us in the blood. Cover our family members in the blood. Our loved ones, our neighborhoods, in the precious blood of the Lamb. Oh God, we call forth revival for our nation. We call forth revival for our land. We call forth revival and that your people are revived in the midst of the years now. They are stronger, that they are getting stronger. They are stronger and they are getting stronger. They are stronger and they are getting stronger in you, in the union, in the fellowship, the koinonia that we have with you. Everything is being strengthened that's of the kingdom of God within us. Everything is being built up and established that's of the kingdom of God within us. Everything is working for our good concerning everything that's in the kingdom of God concerning our lives in Jesus' name. We honor you, Master. Oh, the Lord our God bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. Lift up his countenance on you and give you his peace. His name be over you and your household that he may bless you, that you may enjoy the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Above all else, you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers that the gates of hell will never Everybody say never. never. Never prevail against you and your family members in Jesus' mighty name. Only the will of God be done. Speak the word only and watch God move upon that word that you speak. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Oh, come on. Give a glorious amen. 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 Yeah, there we go. Be blessed. We love you. We'll see you here tonight at the altar, 6 p.m.